Hello, greetings. Welcome to Half Blind Hecklers, episode 30. Yes, yes, we made it to 30, and we'll see where we go from here. So, today we're going to talk about a few different things. We are going to talk about big tech censorship, uh, which has been happening quite frequently lately. But we're going to talk about the most primary examples that have happened in the past week, uh, mainly about the Chinese virologist who says that COVID-19 was made in a Wuhan lab. And she also claims that it was intentionally released by the Chinese government. And we'll go over why that may or may not have happened. Uh, then we're going to talk about uh, also Scott Atlas, uh, Trump administration pandemic advisor, and his claims about coronavirus and how YouTube and others uh, censored him and his content because of claims that he made. Uh, and then after that, we're going to briefly talk about uh, an incident of the National Guard <laughs> asking the or the military police asking about using a heat ray against DC protesters and rioters. Um, we're going to talk about whether that's worthwhile, whether that's a valid option, and what we think about it. Then the final thing we're going to talk about before we talk before we get into the rant is we're going to talk about how the Democrats are claiming to be the party of science, and yet they kind of don't seem to rely on the science a lot. And then finally. I'm going to blow my image up and I'm going to go on a weekly rant. Uh, I'm going to try and do these rants every once in a while. Uh, but this rant is going to be, if you are afraid of coronavirus at this point in time, you're either uneducated or you're a fool. So, without further ado, I'm going to break into the first topic. So, Twitter this past week, suspended the Chinese virologist who says the COVID-19 was made in a Wuhan lab. Uh, they suspended the account of Chinese virologist uh, Dr. Li Menyan, a former researcher at the Hong Kong School of Public Health. Uh, she went dark on the platform after she accused China of covering up evidence about the deadly virus that it came from the lab in Wuhan. Uh, of course, they didn't want people to know the truth. That's why I got suspended. Uh, I'm a target of the Chinese Communist Party and they want me to disappear, she told Fox News host Tucker Carlson on Tuesday. Uh, Carlson said that I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and I'm going to assume you're not an anti-Chinese racist because you are, of course, yourself Chinese. So Twitter has declined to comment. Uh, she released a paper Monday on the open access repository website Zenote that she says backs up her claims and shows how the virus could be conveniently created in a lab setting in six months. Um, then another article from MSN essentially says a lot of the same thing. Uh, she says that she's been also hiding in fear of her safety. Um, she also claimed that the virus did not only come from a lab, but it's also controlled by the Chinese government. She was one of the scientists that did early research into COVID-19 last year. Uh, quote, it comes from the lab, the lab in Wuhan, and the lab is being controlled by the Chinese government. She said in a video call with the British talk, sh talk show, Loose Women. Uh, she added claims that it came from a wet market were made to cover up the real origin. Uh, the first thing is that the meat market in Wuhan, quote, is a smokescreen and the virus is not from nature, she explained. And that this information came from the CDC in China and from local doctors. She fled from Hong Kong to America to raise awareness. And she is planning to release scientific evidence that proves all her claims about the virus being man-made. 
anyone, even if you have no biology or biological knowledge, you can read it so you can check and verify for yourself. So in April, Wan Jiming, director of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, denied reports that COVID-19 was accidentally spread from his lab, stating there is, quote, no way that a v disease came from them. So what do I think? I think that there's reason to suspect that the virus did indeed come from that Wuhan lab. We did know for a while that they had been working with coronaviruses. There had been several safety breaches uh, when they analyzed the safety of that institute they had several issues with breaches in protocol with improper procedure so whether or not it was released intentionally is questionable of course i believe that the chinese government is fairly nasty that they are capable of releasing such a thing and that they are they openly try and destabilize the global economy so that they can take more power um whether or not they released it intentionally is questionable it's literally it's a, definitely a possibility uh i think that the evidence that it was made in a wuhan lab and not released from a wet market is becoming more and more clear i think the claim that it was came from a wet market, that it came from all these animals. I I claimed outright that it seemed like a red herring from the start. Uh, didn't seem plausible, especially considering the Institute had been working on such viruses and that it was known for having safety breaches. It just seemed too convenient to cover up a story. So, and of course, Whenever somebody tries to investigate and somebody tries to go in and check out that Wuhan Institute of Virology, they shut it down. So a whole bunch of things line up together and kind of point to, hmm, you probably released this by accident and you don't want people to know. Of course, if they did engineer it to look like it was, the possibility is that they released it intentionally and then they engineered it to look like it was released or that it came from an animal, which is possible. We know how to do such things. So could that be possible? Could that be plausible? Sure. I don't want to feed into conspiracies too much, but I think that the likelihood of it coming from this Wuhan lab is high, and I think the likelihood of being released intentionally is about 50-50. So that's, that's my thoughts on whether or not COVID-19 was intentionally produced or that it was a mistake. Then the final bit of YouTube and Twitter censorship. I could go into other things, but I'm just gonna focus on these two for this week. Uh, so the Trump administration pandemic advisor Scott Atlas is accusing YouTube of censorship akin to third world countries. Uh, video yanked an interview featuring Atlas sharing a number of controversial views on the novel coronavirus. They pulled the video late last week for featuring a Hoover Institution interview with Atlas, a neuroradiologist and senior advisor to the White House Coronavirus Tax Force. During the interview, he expounded on his positions for fully opening up the economy, questioned universal social distancing measures, and detailed the economic impact of stay-at-home orders. Of course, he's not an epidemiologist or virologist, but he has sparked concern among health health officials promoting the debatable herd immunity strategy, which I'm fairly certain does work. We see it in Sweden 
And though he has never officially advised the president to pursue uh, that option, allowing the spread of COVID-19 across the country. Uh, he rallied against YouTube's actions on a Wednesday interview with, again, Tucker Carlson, <laughs> claimed the company was censoring science and preventing people to choose for themselves what is true. We're sort of teetering on the edge of what's done in third world countries, the countries we used to be proudly distinguished from. Uh, we, used, we ought to be able to accept differences in science and go forward and be able to prove it. So I, I think that that's totally reasonable, totally valid. Free speech must be protected. It must be uh, enforced. Uh, these platforms are kind of just determining which people to censor and which people to not. Uh, these tech oligarchs have far too much power in society because they can effectively determine what we see and what we hear and what news we can receive. No outlet should have that much power. That's why free speech is such an enshrined thing among freedom-loving individuals, is that you can't have too much power in government, you can't have too much power in business, because if you have too much power in either, then they become the sole arbiters of what is, what is and what is not acceptable. And even though I don't want the government to be cracking down and saying, okay, like we are now the ones instituting what is and what isn't acceptable, but I think that there needs to be an investigation on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, especially into their fact checking, because their fact checking is a lot of the time it's wrong. And also a lot of the time it is exceptionally biased. I'm even reading this on the Washington Post which most of the time when they make articles about Trump and other things, I disagree with. So that says something. So I, I try and keep a good option of sources out and so that you can get a full perspective of what's going on. Next story. Next story I'm going to talk about is kind of a, it was just one that caught my eye. It was, it was very interesting. Uh, so a National Guard major is saying that the military police asked about using a heat ray against DC protesters. So federal police asked the National Guard whether they had a heat ray officers could use against protesters gathered near the White House, according to a letter sent to Congress from a senior officer involved with it. The inquiry for these tools came just hours before demonstrators protesting on the evening of June 1st following the death of George Floyd and were forcibly removed from the Lafayette Square by authorities on horseback using chemical irritants, rubber bullets, and shields. Uh, yeah, chemical ir irritants, and by that they mean smoke grenades, not tear gas. So, in a written response to the House Committee on Natural Resources, which was obtained and shared by NPR DC National Guard Major Adam DeMarco, said that he was copied on an email, yada yada yada, a device called an active denial system, or ADS, and a long-range acoustic device, also known as an LRAD. It's designed by the military and uses short radio waves that provides a sensation of intense heat on the surface of the skin. Uh, it can cause an intense burning fe feeling, leading to the tool also be called a heat ray or the pain ray. Uh, so <laughs> lead military officers were interested in the ADS, as it could immediately compel an individual to cease threatening behavior. The effect is overwhelming, called an immediate repel response by the targeted individual. It's nothing but pain. Uh, developed by the military as a crowd dispersal tool decades ago, the ADS has largely been abandoned, and many doubt its effectiveness and ethical questions. 
So it causes searing pain, but no actual physical damage. I'm totally for that. Like, why not? Why would you not encourage something that just causes pain? It doesn't cause actual physical damage. It just makes them feel pain. It is only a deterrent. It's far better than trying to use a taser, which can cause another, a bunch of other issues, because you're sending an immense amount of electrical current into the body, or by shooting them with a gun. Why would you oppose using this? Like, yes, it would not be good for somebody just to like turn it on at random, but in the case of Portland, where they were going after the courthouse night after night after night, this would be so effective. You could simply deploy that, make a hole, and deploy it and just fire it <laughs> outside, and they'd all be screaming and writhing in pain, but they wouldn't get burned, they wouldn't get shot. You wouldn't have officers being blinded. You wouldn't have officers being hit with bricks. It would be a, a non-lethal deterrent. And I think it'd be fantastic. It would be perfect for these riots. Absolutely perfect. Because you're not causing lethal damage. You're not causing all these riots. Because, oh, you're targeting this group of people. You're targeting that group of people. And, oh, it's fascist. Well can't call it fascist if you're just causing pain. It's effectively just walking up to them and giving them a really strong snake bite. You ever had that as a kid? Just had someone pinch your arm like that? It hurts. It doesn't cause any real physical damage. Why are we not actively pushing for that? Of course, like, riots and all these things need to stop. They're burning down the country. It's awful. I think a lot of places need to follow the lead of Lancaster, where they only had one night of rioting, and the police cracked down on them, shut them down, and then they did not riot after that. If you are rioting, if you are looting, if you are causing significant damage, if you're putting people at risk, if you're threatening them, you should go to jail. Just smack some handcuffs on your butt. You, sh you have no place in civilized society. And the majority of these protesters are, of course, not doing it for George Floyd or any of these other people that supposedly died from police brutality. Very unclear. Actually, probably not the case. But they're doing it for the money. They're doing it for... Oh, I, I was part of the resistance against Trump. Yeah. And your, your movement killed over 30 people. Caused over a billion dollars in property damage. It's nothing to be proud of. You should be in jail. Alas. Okay, last things, last story we're going to talk about. So, uh, Biden, of course, Joe Biden, the presidential candidate, has said that Americans can't trust Trump on the vaccine, said that approval and distribution of vaccines should be divorced from politics. Uh, Trump predicting quick action said a top government scientist timeline was wrong. So, Biden says Trump is politicizing the vaccine. Trump then rebukes the CDC chief. So, with the deaths of coronavirus nearing 200,000 in the United States, not really, we went over that, it's just, <clears throat> it's a lot of high flow nonsense. Uh, so Joe Biden says, let me be clear. Okay, I'll try it. Here, I'll try and do the voice. Let me be clear, I trust vaccines. Mr. Biden says, I trust scientists, but I don't trust Donald Trump. And at this moment, the American people can't either. Uh, I need me to put him shallow. 
Where's Mugello? <laughs> Shortly after his speech in Wilmington, Delaware, Mr. Trump seemed to lend credence to the former vice president's criticism by publicly rebuking the head of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention by saying that widespread vaccination might not be possible until next year. Speaking during an evening briefing at the White House, the president also kept up an attack line against Mr. Biden, misleadingly accusing him of promoting his anti-vaccine theories. Well, is he though? Like, if you are saying, let me be clear, I trust vaccines, but I don't trust Donald Trump, and therefore we can't trust vaccines, isn't that politicizing vaccines? Aren't you doing exactly what you're accusing Trump of doing? Like, for me, I'm probably not. If they release a coronavirus vaccine based on what I know, based on the fact that this vaccine and the coronavirus, the antibodies do not last very long, I think they, according to reports, they last about six months, I'm not taking a vaccine every six months. That's ridiculous. It's nonsensical. Why would anybody say, oh yes, I, I take my vaccine for the, for the coronavirus every six months? And of course, what really terrifies me is all the people that are saying, like, if you don't take the vaccine, then you can't shop. If you don't take the vaccine, then you can't leave your district. That's a really terrifying thing. But that's a bit of a buddy trail right there. I could go on and on and on for a long time about that, but I'm not going to. So thing I will talk about is the Democratic Party... In the past few weeks, they've they've made a lot of claims they're, they're the party of science. And they, they try to make these grandiose claims that because of Trump, like the the wildfires and the hurricanes are stronger than ever before. But it's really just a grandiose claim and nothing. Because even if even if we went carbon neutral, I'm fairly certain about this, I'll have to look it up and double check. But even if we want carbon, zero carbon emissions for the United States, and by the end of 2200 or 2100, in 80 years, we would see the temperature stay the same. If we want to change, the temperature would increase by, I believe, 0.18% or 1.8 degrees. No, 0.18 degrees. Why is that something to be afraid of? It's not. We also talk about the sea levels rising. The sea levels are going to rise, I think it's 0.8 of a meet, 0.8 of a foot every 100 years. Why are you so against the idea of human adaptation? The ability of humanity to adapt is stronger than any other points in human history. I am totally for the idea of human adaptation. These changes are not affected that much by human decisions. The science does not back up that idea. They're not back to, they're not caused by human conditions. Even if we went net carbon negative, the change would be minimal. So all the protestation by the Democrats and all the protestation by Greta Thunberg, or Thunberg, it's all a bunch of hooey. The climate, yeah, sure, it's changing. It always changes. Is it dangerous? Certainly not. Not in any way. Anyways. But then, of course, they go on. It's like, oh, like, if I was in charge of the coronavirus, I would have dealt with a different, not 200,000 people would not have died. Are you smoking crack? Like, honestly, are you high? 
What could Trump have done that would have changed things as far as the coronavirus? He closed down travel from China against the against the advisement of top Democrats. Joe Biden was against it. Nancy Pelosi was against it. That decision changed a lot of the course of American reaction to the coronavirus because it probably prevented a lot of cases from coming in. And a lot of the deaths in the United States happened in the first few weeks. Also, when they talk about masks, Joe Biden talks about, if I was president, I would institute a national mask mandate. Everyone would be forced to wear a mask. You can't do that. It's against the Constitution. We've tried to do it here. That's why I don't follow it. I walk around in stores in Calgary without a mask. I know it's against the bylaw. I just don't care. Because that's against my rights as an individual. And I'm, I'm secretly hoping that somebody confronts me. Secretly. So that if they, if they go on this long tirade about how I'm selfish and how I'm doing yada, 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 just shut them down. Like, here. Here is the director of the CDC. And yesterday, he was talking, made this grandiose claim. I'll let you listen to it. But it debunks something that he said six months ago. This face mask is more... The face masks, these face masks, are the most important, powerful public health tool we have. And I will continue to appeal for all Americans, all individuals in our country, to embrace these face coverings. I've said it, if we did it for 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks, we'd bring this pandemic uh, under control. These actually, we have clear scientific evidence, they work, and they are our best defense. I might even go so far as to say that this face mask is more guaranteed to protect me against COVID than when I take a COVID vaccine because the immunogenicity may be 70%. And if I don't get an immune response, the vaccine is not going to protect me. This face mask will. So I do want to keep asking the American public to take the responsibility, particularly the 18... Should you wear a mask if you're healthy? No. Well, I think... I think that answers your question. The previous clip was also Robert Redfield some, saying something, and that was in March. Saying that, should you wear a face mask if you're healthy? No, no, you shouldn't. Now he's, of course, saying that the science is clear. We must we must wear face masks, and that's that's safer than a vaccine. Much as I, I don't think that the vaccine will be largely effective against coronavirus, but... The masks have not been proven effective. There is mixed results and basically every time it's been tested. One study says that yes, it's effective. One study says that it's actually causing more damage. There are studies of different types of face coverings showing that if you're wearing a little neck gaiter, it's actually worse than not wearing a mask at all. Most people are still wearing it. If you don't wear a mask, if you wear a mask improperly, it's also worse than not wearing a mask. People do that too. They wear it down on their chin and they have it hanging from their car. No. <laughs> it's just silly. 
Like, the mask has become such a political statement that, oh, like, I'm doing for the safety of others. No, you're not. You, you simply don't know the truth. You don't know the data. You don't know the facts. And this leads in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna breach that in a little bit, but for now I'm gonna have a little bit of a rant. So <clears throat> the the weekly rant for this week, and there we go. So the weekly rant for this week. If at this point in time, September 17th, I believe, 2020, the coronavirus has been in the United States, has been in Canada, has been in North America, it's been all over the world. It's been here for about six months now. At this point, if you are still afraid of coronavirus, if you're still living in fear, and you're still huddled up and doing all these crazy precautions, you are one of two things. You're either uneducated or you're a fool. You have to be one or the other. You cannot, this, this virus has so much misinformation. Now, I can understand if you're uneducated. Let's go over some things about why this virus is not dangerous. It's dangerous to some, for sure. Now, I can get why some people would be concerned about this virus. Just like if you have high comorbidities, if you have a lot of other health issues, then you could be concerned about the coronavirus. Of course you can. However, you would also sh and should be concerned about any other health issue that might come up. The seasonal flu, the common cold, any of these things that can come and go would be equally as scary. Would they not? Of course they would be. It would be exceptionally scary. But with what we know now, if you are healthy, if you are under the age of 85, especially if you're a child, anybody promoting fear for fear of coronavirus to a child, anybody forcing their child to wear masks in a public space, I want to publicly shame you. You are a terrible parent. You are a terrible person for making your child live in fear. I was walking down the street today and kids ran away from me because I didn't have a mask on. They ran away. They looked at me and like, oh. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> You're afraid of me? You're afraid that I'm not wearing a mask? I pose zero risk to you, zero. And I'll explain why. If you are saying, okay, you have to wear a mask because we don't know who has the coronavirus. We don't know who has it, and you might transfer it on to me. So you wear it for my sake. Okay, a couple things wrong with that statement. If I already went into that the CDC, the WHO, have already claimed that if you are asymptomatic, if you have a low viral load of coronavirus, you are not transmissible. You are not contagious. It is very, very likely, very unlikely that you are contagious. So if you have no symptoms, if you're like me and you're healthy and you're breathing fine, you're not hacking away, you're not sneezing, you're not doing all these things, there is no reason for you to wear a mask. Now, of course, some people might say, oh, you're simply in the pre-symptomatic phase. 
Okay, the pre-symptomatic phase does not last that long. It lasts for a couple days at most. Why are we afraid that we might be in the pre-symptomatic phase? Why? Why would you think that? Why are you assuming that everybody in the population is in the pre-symptomatic phase? Yes, you can transmit the virus in the pre-symptomatic phase. It's not very likely. It's certainly not as likely as when you're actually showing symptoms. But if you're in the pre-symptomatic phase, there's no way to know. And applying these universal precautions, making sure everybody wears masks, stay their social distancing, stay in their home, don't go to work, because you think that they might be pre-symptomatic? How does that justify it? That in no way justifies that action. It doesn't. It can't. It can't justify that action. Next, when people talk about the fatality or the mortality of coronavirus, they talk about this kind of grandiose, oh, like it's between 3 and 15%. I've heard as high as 15 especially in the start. It's gone down, of course, but... <clears throat> and they make these grandiose claims of this is the fatality rate, or this is the mortality rate for reported cases based on reported deaths. We already know the reported cases for coronavirus are far, far lower than the actual cases of coronavirus. We also know that the reported cases of coronavirus are, they are counting a very, very slim amount of coronavirus as a positive coronavirus case, which is why the numbers are so high and why the death numbers are so low. And the death numbers, if you take and you do antibody testings for entire communities, if you do all of this, shows that the number of coronavirus cases that people have had in terms of developing antibodies for this virus is about 10 to 50 times as, much, as high as regular reported cases. Now, that was a long time ago, so it's probably about 10 to 20 times now. But even still, that lowers the death rate significantly. Second thing, the report which we went over last week, maybe it was the week before, but the CDC having a reporting only that 6% of cases were only from coronavirus, that there were other comorbidities that contributed to deaths from coronavirus and they attributed to coronavirus. Now we've already known that coronavirus were inflated by about 25%, but now the CDC themselves is admitting that coronavirus deaths are inflated even higher than that. Of the, of the then 161,000 cases and deaths from coronavirus, 68,000 of them also had the influenza, but they didn't get reported as influenza deaths, they got reported as coronavirus deaths. Almost all influenza deaths this year have been reported as coronavirus. The system and the reward, giving money for getting positive coronavirus testing, getting money for people for counting deaths as coronavirus, is just massive corruption. Why mass numbers of people and why the general public are not aware of this is scandalous. It's evil. So if you are still afraid, if you are still afraid of a virus in which 99.9, essentially 99.8% of people who receive the virus and get tested positive and have cases, 
survive in the general population. Not only that, but we went over in previous episodes about the treatments. The treatments, including ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and others, lower the mortality rate by 66%, which puts the fatality rate of about 99.8%, no, of about 0.2 to 0.3% to about 0.15, which is roughly equivalent to the flu. Are you afraid of the flu? I would, I would take a chance and take a guess that most people would say they're not. You'd be, you'd be seen as crazy. Unless you, of course, had a plethora of health issues. And that catching the flu could kill you. But unless you're afraid of the flu, there is no reason to be afraid of coronavirus. Mild concern. Mild concern. Fear? Definitely not. And... The lockdowns, the stay-at-home orders, causing far, far more harm. And it is killing people. We just stand up, we just say no. And I'm glad that places all around the world are having anti-lockdown protests, or saying, no, I'm not dealing with this anymore. This is, this is grounds for treason. This is grounds for mutiny, grounds for a coup. I don't wanna go that far. But I don't want them to make me either. I don't want them to make me go that far. Please don't make me go that far. I was listening to a song today by Skelet called The Resistance. It's like love is the answer. Truth is the answer. We have to share the truth in love. Sharing in a calm voice rational. I saw a video today of somebody in Calgary, my home city, being confronted in a fabric land, which is a place where you buy fabric. And she was getting in everybody's face and telling everybody how stupid they are. Like, she made a couple okay points, but you're not going to win anybody acting like that. There's a reason I want people to confront me. I want people to confront me because I want them to know the truth. Desperately, desperately, I want them to know the truth. I don't want them to be blinded to anything else but what everyone else is telling them. That's why we started this channel. That's why we do this every week. Our views are not that high. It kind of goes up and down. We've had a high of about 700 and a low of 20. But that's why we do this every week. We do it every week. Not for the views, not for the accolades. We do it so that the truth can be testified. We do it so the truth can be shared. So that people have no reason for ignorance. Test and affirm what the truth is. I beg you. Share what the truth is in a rational, calm manner. And we will change minds. We will change hearts. And together, we can end this lockdown. We can end this madness. And we can emerge stronger and prepared to face an uncertain future. All right. That is today's episode. Uh, thank you for watching. If you are on our various social media platforms, please like, share, subscribe, yada, yada, yada. You know the whole thing. 
comment. As you can tell, we engage with people in the comments. Even if you are a troll, we will engage with you. So feel free. We'll happily, happily have a discussion with you. Um, so if you're on YouTube, Facebook, whatnot, we are the Halfway Nicklers. Uh, also, if you're on podcast sites, you can find us there. If you're on Parlor, we're at, at Half Nicklers. Uh, we're now up to 17,000 followers on Parlor and hope to have 20,000 by middle of next month. We'll see. So share with your friends, share with your family, and let's keep the truth rolling. Okay. Have a great night. God bless.